You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Quick draw, a new segment of the Gun On One podcast was not recorded in our regular studio. Our goal with Quick Draw is to get the audio out to you as fast as possible as we recap the Eagles game that just ended. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to our game after reaction here on Gun on One. Second game of the season. Uh, Eagles get embarrassed by the Los Angeles Rams 37 to 19, although they did bounce back to make a game of it. Uh, each and every week, we're going to be here and kind of rehash the game to get some uh, immediate game after thoughts. And so I figure, you know, nobody just wants to hear me talk. So I brought in a couple of good friends of mine. One of them is uh, Wes Pendleton, who's one of my producers on the Gun on One podcast. And the other one is my resident bookie, Brother Dan. And guys, how you doing today? I know you're a consummate Eagles fan, so I guess it's the wrong question to ask you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm doing real good. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me come on, D-Gun. Well, uh, let's get a general um, thought after, first of all. Uh, both of all, I'll start with you, Brother Dan. Uh, your reaction of what happened uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough loss. Um, but if you look at, at my picks from last week, I, I kind of saw it coming. Uh, it's always tough when the Eagles play with your heart, uh, with how they they tend to come back a little bit of show, a little bit of hope, uh, as they did in the second quarter. Um, so it was it was tough after that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm at peace with. Uh, with this team, just not—it just doesn't seem to be uh, the team that we thought we were going to see coming into the season. Um, but the Rams are a good team. Their offense is clicking. Our defense uh, struggled with making tackles all game, getting stops. Um, there, there was no real reason uh, to think the the Eagles were going to pull this one out today. So that's that's where I am. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit on the pessimistic side. All right, Wes. Yeah, and I'm pretty much on the same side. Um, there were some positive things that came out of this game, though, and I guess we'll get into the, some of those later. But uh, I definitely wasn't expecting for them to win today, um, especially after the way they played last week and knowing that Mr. Donald was going to be coming through the front line today. So I was pretty nervous, to say the least. This game was completely the opposite of last week's game. Last week's game, the Eagles start off great. And then all of a sudden just disintegrated. 
This week, it was almost like the first half they were still uh, in the locker room while the Rams decided to come out and play. And they fell behind by a big margin early on. Did you guys think when it was, what, 21-3, the game was over? I definitely did. I hopped on Twitter and was just pretty much like, I guess we'll get ready to go for, you know, for next game. And I didn't feel too bad about it because, again, I kind of expected the loss. But, you know, as per usual, um, the Eagles kind of got our hopes up a little bit there. And, yeah, it's just kind of typical. Yeah, I agree with Wes. Uh, I was kind of uh, checked out after the twenty-one-three uh, start. Uh, what's funny is that it wasn't it wasn't in the fashion that I expected. Uh, the offensive line actually played better than how I expected them to uh, with how they handled Aaron Donald, uh, as they have in the last few years. Uh, Donald hasn't had any major breakout games against the Eagles, so uh, it wasn't the same uh, the same issues as they had last week, but. Uh, it was all the same at the end. They ended up losing the game by, uh, I believe, uh, 17, 18 points. So uh, it, it's tough, but this team has a lot of holes all over the place. It's not just offensive line or just one thing or, or another. It, it's, all, it's all around. Hey, D-Gun, you think you could take some credit for this game too with all the uh, – they picked up the pace quite a lot. Maybe somebody was listening to the show last week. That that very well could be the case. I mean, you know, uh, I, I know a lot of guys in that locker room well. Um, I, I, I would I would hope uh, that somewhere along the line that my years of vast wisdom would pay off in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, uh, they got closer to made a game up, and I'm thinking, okay, they might pull this out, uh, and then all of a sudden they unravel again. So when it's 21-3, they get a touchdown. And Doug Peterson decides to go for two instead of the extra point. Now, conventional wisdom says at that particular point of a game, don't go for two yet. You don't need the two right now because if you don't get it, now you're down 12 instead of 11. Or, you know, if you get it, you're down 10. But at that point, you don't need it. Were you guys surprised that Dougie P decided to go for two points at that point? Extremely surprised. I was actually texting in all caps, asking Doug, what was he doing? Because I just didn't see a reason for that. I mean, you know, Dan even said in our group text, you're, you know, the difference between 11 and 12 in a football game is not that huge of a difference. So I was I was extremely surprised. But I mean, I'm, that's that's typical of Doug. He tends to kind of have his foot all the way down on the gas and tends to get aggressive from time to time. I'm, I'm confused from time to time when he decides to get aggressive. But, you know, again, man, I'm, I'm no head coach in the NFL, so I can't... I, I can question why he's doing it, but, I mean, maybe he has his reasons, you know? Yeah, I, I think Doug, um, he... when Whenever the offense gets any kind of flow going, he tends to push that flow and see how, see how much he can get out of it. Um, sometimes it ends up with, uh, with a two-point conversion that's failed, uh, but sometimes it ends up with, with a huge play, and we call him a genius for it. So, I... I personally like to like the risks that he takes sometimes, um, but if I'm gonna like those risks, I also have to live with uh, with us paying for it sometimes too. Um, so I, I always tend to lean ag- uh, aggressive in, in how I want my coach to, to play or to, to call plays. So I wasn't too mad at that. Um, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but um, I, I wasn't too surprised by that. By the way, uh, for all you listeners, you're listening uh, to Quick Draw. We uh, try to get immediate uh, comments after the game here on the Gun on One podcast site. Uh, joined today by one of my executive producers, Wes Pendleton, and 
my resident bookie, Brother Dan, uh, two diehard Eagle fans who are emotional right now, probably borderline <laughs> tears, uh, but I'm trying to console them in any way, shape, or form. So the Eagles get within five at 21-16. They have the ball. They're on the move again, and all of a sudden, Carson goes over the middle, in the end zone, into coverage, and I'm screaming, why? Why would you throw that ball? There's, there's double coverage right there. Why would you throw the ball at that particular time? You're not a rookie quarterback. You're a fifth-year veteran quarterback in the National Football League. You've been in the same system five years. Why in the world would you make that throw? And the crazy thing is, you know, I was kind of complaining. I've been complaining about this, honestly, for like the last year. I just feel like a lot of times Carson tends to sail the ball quite a bit on a lot of his throws. And for whatever reason, with these interceptions, man, they are like dead on to where they should go. And it's almost like whoever's back there watching that play, a lot of times the double coverage is sitting on that play. And I mean, I mean, hell of an interception. But at the same time, it's just like, bro, it's, it's double coverage. Like, you know, what are you doing? Again, I am not a pro quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So I can I can only criticize Carson, but so much. But you know, being a uh, being an, an armchair quarterback, that throw puzzled me, as do many of his throws from time to time. Yeah, that one that one was a tough one. Um, I mean, Carson is a gunslinger, and I, and I found it funny that uh, Fox kept bringing up Doug Peterson's relationship with Brett, with Brett Favre, uh, and talking about how Doug has been handling uh, Carson and how how much alike. Uh, Carson and Brett Favre and that, that the throw actually reminded me of a chance that Brett Favre would take um, there but obviously it was a great play um, Carson's just in a bit of a cold streak right now um, can't take chances like that when your offense is, is running the way that they were it's frustrating but uh, again you gotta you gotta take some of those with some of the good from Carson but right now he's just had a cold uh, a cold streak D-Gun what do you think is going on with Carson like these last two games outside of obviously he didn't even have a pocket to operate out of last week, you know, because of injuries and stuff. But like, what do you think is going on? He seems kind of out of sorts. First of all, I don't, I don't like Carson Wentz as a pocket quarterback. His claim to fame coming out of college was being this guy who could function on the move. I don't understand why they don't roll the pocket more. Look at how Jared Goff rolled out of the pocket, especially in that first half when he was like, what, 12 or 12, 13 for 13, move him out of the pocket. Move him out of the pocket. Don't let him just stand back there and be a stationary target. And, and you know, and you look at the Rams, they did a lot of play action, which uh, freed up Jared Goff to do a lot of things in terms of dumping it off to a receiver, tight end, or running back, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I don't know if Carson's trying to put too much on his shoulders. I don't know if he's trying to change his game to conform maybe to more of what the Doug Peterson offense wants him to do. Um, but I think Doug Peterson and the coaching staff need to adapt more to what Carson Wentz is to play more to his strengths and you know that's that's let him get outside and if he has a seam tuck it and run and get down and don't take the unnecessary shot now luckily the rams didn't get to carson as much as the washington football team did a week ago but carson now has four interceptions in two games um and and that's very unlike carson you know and, and you're right west i mean he's sailing balls now he's missing targets uh, and, and I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but if it is a consistent problem, we have to ask the question, is it the quarterback who's uh, just basically flatlined in terms of ability at this level, or is it him not being coached up properly by Doug Peterson and, and the offensive uh, coaching staff? 
Um, and, and that's something we're going to have to look at closely and analyze over the next couple of weeks in particular. I think after these next four games, when you have Cincinnati, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, these next four games, we should get a much better evaluation of exactly what Carson Wentz is in his fifth year. Yeah, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, obviously, because there was no preseason um, getting to this point. Obviously, Dan and I, even right before the show, we're talking about all of the injuries that happened today, a lot of soft tissue type injuries. D-Gun, you brought that up um, and a couple episodes ago when you were talking to, to Brandon Graham about the fact that you were worried about a lot of soft tissue in- injuries and we're right. kind of seeing that. So I'm, I'm, also, I'm also kind of wondering if, if, if it's maybe because he has a brand new you know, wide receiver court to an extent and maybe he's just not as comfortable as maybe we thought as, as much as we wish he would be at this point. But um, but I, I don't know. It's just like some of those throws, man, they're like, they feel like they're like four feet above the receiver's head, man. And I'm just trying mm-hmm. to figure out. I didn't know maybe if he, if he just got like, like you said, did he get rattled today because of the real fast turnover on that first possession by Miles Sanders? And, you know, maybe he was trying to, you know, just take the load on himself. But um, it's, it's, it's very off-putting to say the least. No question about it. And, um, Luckily, this is all happening in the beginning of the season and not the middle or the end. There's still plenty of time to rectify whatever ails the quarterback, whatever's ailing this offense, and my goodness, whatever ailing this de- uh, is ailing this defense, there's still plenty of time to rectify. One of the few bright spots today for the Eagles, I thought, was Miles Sanders. Uh, when you look at his numbers across the board, he had 20 carries, 96 yards rushing, one touchdown. He had three receptions for 36 yards and no touchdowns. So basically he had 23 touches for 132 yards. That's not a bad day at the office for a running back. And man, does he open things up in terms of making people miss and picking up extra uh, additional yardage. Yeah, I love what I saw from Miles Sanders today outside of the, the opening fumble. And it was funny, I actually had a, I had a weird feeling that he was going to fumble to start the game um, just off of not, not feeling any contact uh, for as long as he did. Um, I was I was very impressed with what I saw from Miles Sanders today. Uh, very encouraged by that. Yeah, and the running game just overall just was like wide open. It was, you know, night and day from week one. And uh, it's so crazy sometimes still seeing Boston Scott. Like, he's so small back there, man. Like, you know, I don't know how those um, linebackers or any anybody on the other side of the line are even seeing him, you know. But obviously, you throw Miles Sanders back there. And, you know, I mean, the whole running game just opens up. Boston Scott is not uh, Miles Sanders, but Boston Scott is, is a pretty good running back, a very good complement uh, to a Miles Sanders. If you can keep those two healthy, I think they're going to be a pretty good one-two punch, just as they were just a season ago. Another thing that I liked was I thought the Eagles offensive line won the battle of the trenches against a very good Rams defensive front. Um, I, I look at the Eagles rushing numbers uh, overall on the day. And, you know, not bad numbers across the board. They had 121 yards rushing on the day. Um, but I, I thought with, with Lane Johnson back there anchoring down the right side, it was a much better effort from tackle to tackle compared to a week ago. Yeah, there was no sacks today, right? There was zero sacks. Right. And I think uh, Carson only got touched by Aaron Donald that one time on that on that rollout. A uh, rollout, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty insane considering the fact you know, seeing what the Rams did last week. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I will say that's, that is the, that's the one positive that I felt great about. It was great seeing Lane out there, 
he had me cracking up earlier this week well, when the Eagles put out the video of him coming back onto the practice field for the first time. My man came out with the do-rag on with the flaps. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, oh, really, yeah. sure. I'm not really sure what waves he was <laughs> trying to get ready for, but uh, that, that thing had me cracking up. But um, yeah, it was good to see him out there. It seemed like the, the line in general just, just you know, bounced right back to where we're used to seeing him at. Yeah, the line definitely settled in today. Uh, having lane back obviously was a huge, a huge uh, deal for the Eagles. Um, but as usual with with, the, with Philadelphia, it's never what you expect uh, out of a game. All week we have, we hear Aaron Donald is going to tear apart this offensive line, and of course Aaron Donald, uh, his name got gets, doesn't even get mentioned in the game. So uh, typically Eagles fashion, it's not it's not uh, the thing that you expect. Speaking speaking of this too, uh, D Gun. What did you think about uh, Jalen Hurts being out there for the first time and being uh, – because you, you reported right before the game that he was uh, number two on the QB depth chart. Yeah, um, I thought it was a little interesting considering that uh, Nate Sudfeld is supposed to be the number two quarterback. But any, when that happened, the first thing you're thinking is, okay, uh, Doug Peterson is going to use a number of uh, gadget plays, uh, you know, kind of similar to what uh, the Saints do at Taysom Hill – uh, down there in New Orleans. Now we didn't see much of Jalen in the game today, but overall, I don't understand why you would activate him if that if that's all you're going to do. Because if Carson gets hurt, then your next quarterback up is Jalen Hurts, who's still going through a crash course of trying to learn this offense. You want a more proven commodity back there. If something would happen to your franchise quarterback. So thank goodness Carson did not get hurt in this game, and Jalen Hurts didn't have to quarterback this team, or it could have been a lot uglier uh, than it was. Um, you look at Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson finished this game. Six catches, 64 yards. He didn't get a look in the first half. Now, last week, we were all scratching our heads wondering, how is it he only played 53% of the snaps? Now I'm scratching my head wondering, how is it that this man didn't get a target in the first half? Were you guys screaming by the fact that basically Deshaun Jackson was not a part of the game plan in the first half? Yeah, it definitely was. And like you said, what made it worse was how open he was pretty much the whole second half. So I was especially confused as to why the ball is just not going out there. I mean, I guess they did change up the way they they changed up the, the overall play with getting the ball out pretty fast. And at first I thought, well, maybe that's why Deshaun's not getting it because obviously, you know, Deshaun is usually out, you know, running up the sideline. But the fact that when they got into the third quarter, I mean, I think there was at one point, it seemed like he targeted Deshaun like almost, what, three times in a row, it felt like. I think it might have been three times in a row. So if that was open the whole time, you know, why is it taking you two quarters to realize that? I don't know, man. The Eagles just, the Eagles confuse me, man. I'm trying to be political on, on this, John, but <laughs> the Eagles get on my nerves. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely saw a big adjustment today, uh, today compared to last week. Um, last week, it seemed like the Eagles were throwing the ball deep every every four play one, once every four plays. Uh, today, we didn't we didn't see any real deep deep pass attempts uh, to either Rager or Deshaun. Um, I think they were they were just trying to overcompensate for the uh, offensive line struggles they had last week, um, and as a result of that, the offense seemed a little less dynamic, in my opinion. So for the first two games, it looks like the Eagles are going to have to score points uh, to keep them their team in, in games. Uh, because in this particular game, I don't know what happened to this Eagles defense. I know Jared Goff was running a lot of play action, uh, rolling out a lot. But the fact that 
the Eagles gave up 449 yards of offense, 191 yards rushing to this Rams team. It was almost like the defense wasn't on the field most of the day. Yeah, the uh, linebackers in secondary especially, man, very puzzling today, extremely puzzling. But uh, shout out to, to the homie Brandon Graham for getting his first sack of the season. That was good to see. Yeah. But um, the secondary, they looked especially sleepy in that first half, man. Um, and uh, Dan, I know you were especially irritated by the uh, linebackers. I'll let you spill on that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they were just um, they were just picking at the linebackers all game. Obviously, Higby uh, getting three touchdowns today. It was just frustrating to watch. Um, it looked like the Eagles were guessing on a lot of the plays uh, for the Rams, whether it would be one of their jet sweeps uh, or a run. Or, or a play action. It, it just looked like they they had they were completely guessing, uh, and they were guessing wrong most of the time. Especially for that first half with golf starting off twelve to twelve. It, it looked like they were they were gonna uh, put up fifty, but uh, it eventually calmed down. But it was just it was a rough go at it for the defense today. Yeah, and, and a lot of times it seems like they're doing really great, and then they switch to a zone and they get burnt like every time. And I'm trying to figure out. Yep. I don't know if it, it, our, our guys tired. Digon, what are you seeing? I mean, you're you're the you're the guru in this. Well, supposedly, you know, you can't be tired. I mean, you, you know, you're supposed to be well conditioned athletes, but um, and you know, the Eagles had almost as many plays as as the Rams did, so they can't. You can't have fatigue as the factor there. I think it's a lack of communication on this defense. I think it's a lack of focus in some cases, and it only takes one player to not be focused. And for the whole thing to unravel. And on top of that, uh, I can't say this enough. I think the linebacking situation for the Eagles is going to cost them time and time again, especially when they're playing against better opponents in the National Football League. You look at Tyler Higby and what he did. And I said going into this game, and I tweeted out early in the first quarter, Tyler Higby is going to be a problem for this defense all mm -hmm. day. And lo and behold, whatever. He ends up having three touchdown, three touchdown catches. Um, and, and, and I don't know where the linebackers were on, on these some of these plays, but we don't have that thumper. We don't have that that disruptive force in linebacking, and all and good offenses are going to exploit that. Right? Do you think that the line is just getting old? You think that's what it is, or is it just no, no? It, it's just it's about execution and trying to be unpredictable. And right now, you know, the Eagles are a little little nicked up. And Isaac Samalo went out today with a, uh, a knee injury, I believe it was. And so that hurts. You know, last week you had two guys on the right side who were out. This time you have your guy who's left tackle who was out of the game for a while. And that affects the flow and continuity um, in a lot of ways. Uh, but, you know, you, 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 you feel that the Eagles defensive front is the one entity that will consistently keep this team in a game. They're known for being run stuffers. Um, and to have the Rams come in here and roll up almost 200 yards of rushing offense speaks volumes in terms of what this this defense needs to do uh, to get better and a whole lot better uh, by next week. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't have much more to say. Dan, you, you want to finish this off? <laughs> I, was gonna, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. If, if the... Uh, the defensive line isn't isn't keeping you in the game, and you are giving up that 190 yards rushing. Um, there isn't much else on this defense that's going to save you. So it's it's going to be it'll be tough when when they can't stop the run. 
making you need to make teams one dimensional, and they weren't able to do that today. And the, the Rams were doing whatever they wanted, so that that's the that's a big key. Also, I, I think um, with the linebackers uh, not having a preseason, bringing in a pretty much a new linebacking crew, uh, the, some of the miscommunication you saw today could be attributed to that. But again, I mean, they do need to they need to be better. Uh, they need to be better than what they showed today. Never thought we'd be sitting here talking about the 0-2 Philadelphia Eagles, but such is the case. Uh, you are listening to Quick Draw here uh, with uh, Wes Pendleton, one of my executive producers on the Gun on One podcast, and, of course, my resident, my silent bookie, uh, Brother Dan. All right, so as much as we it pains us, we must turn the page already and get ready for next week. And the Cincinnati Bengals are coming to town with that first overall draft pick quarterback, Joe Burrow. And I'll tell you guys something. The first two games, this kid has uh, has some ice water in his veins. This kid's got talent, and he's going to be a problem for a lot of teams, hopefully not for the Eagles. But what we've seen of the Eagles the first two games, he's going to be a problem for the Eagles next week. Yeah, I just hope that, like, you know, we, we talked about doing this segment, and I was like, here it is. We thought that this was going to be a good segment to kind of carry over, and you know, because people are so used to seeing you on the sidelines after the game begun. But I'm really hoping that, you know, quick draw is not going to turn into, you know, lamentations by uh, Derek West and Dan for the whole season because the Eagles can't win the game. You know what? Uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, this team could very easily be one in five after their first six. I mean, they've got two on the road at San Francisco, at Pittsburgh, and Baltimore at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I, I don't even want to begin to think about what this fan base would be like. You'd have a whole lot of people lining up on the Walt Whitman Bridge if this team ended up being one in five in their first six games. But if they don't get some of these problems ironed out, like right now, it's going to be a long season for the Philadelphia fans. Yeah, base. this 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 next week is, is definitely a must win to me. Um, I, I don't think you can go in <laughs> uh, expecting uh, too much out of this team uh, going up against San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Um, this this next week is a uh, is a big one for the Eagles. This this can sw- uh, swing the season. All right, that is going to do it for the inaugural edition of Quick Draw uh, for West Pendleton and Brother Dan. I'm Derek Gunn. We will try to be here each and every week. That is our objective uh, to give you uh, initial responses, feedback, and emotions uh, to what we watch the Philadelphia Eagles do week in and week out. We hope you'll join us each and every week. Uh, just to kind of uh, listen in to what we we're thinking. I'm sure a lot of what we're thinking is very similar to what you, the fan base out there, is thinking as well. So until next week, so long, everybody. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 